This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Everson Walls, and Bill Jones. It's a cloudy Tuesday here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. Once again, 50-50 on the opening this week as Mickey Spagnola is back. Heckma Harrison is back. But guess who's back for the first time in almost a month? Rob Phillips back at the table for Talking Cowboys. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Yay. man. It's good to be back. Yay. Good to be back. Let's and it have was, some applause. It was, yeah. Some big applause for you. And, Bean and, doesn't want to. It's yeah, fine. he doesn't it's want to fine. push the button. It's okay. But at the same time, happy things for you and your family. We yeah. wish you the best. And man, uh, what, how you feeling right now? No, ask him if he's sleeping. Yeah, much, how are you sleeping right now? I'm a little sleep deprived. <laughs> it's gone from she'll sleep seven hours. She's four month, four weeks old today. She's a month old today. Mm. She sleeps seven hours straight some nights. Some nights, like last night, not at all. Yeah. But it's fine because she's too cute to get mad at. That, and, that's uh, what they are. But I am happy to be back. Happy to be back. And uh, it's funny the things that, that get you happy when you're a new parent. Like when they burp. Everything. It's like, it's like man, I accomplished something, you know? Because so when they don't, they are grumpy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Whole life changes. So oh, but it's good to be back. And a lot of things have kind of come and gone since you've been gone. I mean, the NFL Combine, now in the rearview mirror, a TV broadcaster now is being paid $17 million and a former Cowboys quarterback at that, and Tony Romo and his new contract with CBS. And then, Mickey, you wrote about it a little bit in your mix shots this past week, but... The famed Leaning Tower of Dallas has come and gone. It went yesterday. You sad about it? Came tumbling down. Yeah, it I did. wanted to see how long it could last. Right. What was? Do you know the amount of days that it ended up lasting? I read it. Was it like twelve? Twelve? It's almost two weeks. Twelve. I mm-hmm. was going to say twelve. Hmm. The things that we sensationalize these days. Man. I know. Is that right? Crazy. <laughs> A half demo- social media. Yeah, we love it. Is the Leaning Tower of Dallas? I was going to say, if you're a tourist, if you're thinking about tourism in Dallas, is that a comment on the things to do and see in Dallas? If we're like, we got to keep this thing up, man. This is going to be a landmark in Dallas. That's a shame. You know oh. what the amazing thing is? Is so that that wrecking ball was hitting it, and the brick would fall. Right. A little piece of cement would fall. And then when it came tumbling down, it got hit up top, and the whole thing came down. Yep. And it was like, well, why didn't that happen before? I <laughs> did you not did. find the sweet spot? In I think they days? did that by design. They knew all the the, the marketing dollars, the T-shirts. With I mean, the thing had its own Instagram page. It did, yeah. and Twitter as well. And it was ta- it was tweeting from the dead yesterday, saying, "I'm a I'm a wreck. I'm, I'm, I'm in pieces," I love which it. is That's literal. Awesome. Uh, I think channel I think Channel Eight had a live camera on it the whole time. That's you could, unreal. You could, it was streaming on their website. So you could check in on it anytime you wanted. It was just trending. to make sure. Yeah, that's isn't that crazy? Like you said, the things that we sensationalize, and I mean, that was a construction failure. It wasn't supposed to be there. No, actually, it was a construction brilliancy. Whoever <laughs> built it, built it awfully well. Yeah, they really did. Actually, there was a story in the morning news uh, today. They talked to the two daughters of the architect who designed it. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. It, the guy, I think, passed away a couple of years ago, but they talked about how well they built things. <laughs> <laughs> Not built the same way anymore, are they? And man? they built it from the inside out. So that structure was f- the first part of it with all bunch of cement, and then they built around it for the rest of the tower. So built- use more dynamite. Yes, right? <laughs> there it is. That's how you build an NFL roster from the inside out. Ooh, oh. That's how I think. How about that for a segue? That's, that's what good. I'm here for. Rob is back, been, baby. I've been saving it up, man, four weeks. <laughs> oh, thank goodness you are back, because we do have to talk about building this roster, and we'll We'll start things off by looking back at the NFL Combine. There was plenty that went on over the past week. Jerry spoke to the media. Mike McCarthy had a press conference. And then, of course, the the actual drills in the Combine going on. We'll hit all three of those throughout the course of the show. But let's start with the man upstairs and talking about Jerry Jones. Uh, Jerry, of course, met with the local media in the bus in Indianapolis. This is the first show that we've had for Talking Cowboys since that interview took place. Was there anything of substance from that interview? Or there were a lot of different things. I mean, it was almost an hour and a half that he went on and on and on. There were talking points. There were different uh, subjects and topics put out there. But was there anything specific that stuck out to you guys? 
Well, for me, I think the DAC thing continues to dominate the news cycle, and mm-hmm. it should. And, and I, I mean, anytime you compare the quarterback to your son, that is that drew my attention, and it, it reinforced the fact that they they really value Dak as the future of this franchise, and they they need to get something done. Will they get something done by March twelfth? I don't know. I mean, you could be pretty skeptical about that. The fact they haven't talked since September, um, but that's. That's the number one thing going right now. Can they get this thing done? How does that impact everything else and the CBA as well? And the Cowboys are kind of operating in in a tough situation right now because they want to see how the new language impacts the salary cap and and some of their financial flexibility going forward, Mick. We'll see, but I I think they feel like they can get it done at some point and get him franchised if they have to. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things you took from what Jerry said is, and it's kind of an old uh, philosophy of Tex Schramm that I think he taught Jerry when the sale went through, that um, what's good for the league is good for the Cowboys. Mm. Not if it's good for the Cowboys, then don't worry about the league. And his thoughts were, you know, I should have voted no for this because then if we didn't get the CBA ratified, I'd have two tags to use instead of one if it gets passed. Uh, But he sided with what's best for the league long term, not what's best for the Cowboys on the short term. I thought the other thing that stood out to me in most of his comments, it always seemed to come back to this. We're building a team. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying it. We're building a team, and whatever I do with the Cowboys' money is to make the Cowboys better. I'm not worried about saving a nickel or a dime. It's not my money. It's salary cap money. And so I thought that, to me, is what stuck out. That uh, you know, it's almost like, and I wrote about it on Friday, going back to Jason Garrett's little theme of the team, the team, the team, and and that's the way they're looking at this. What money I spend for Dak Prescott, maybe Amari Cooper, how does that affect the rest of the team? Because I've got to put a team together with 25 uh, free agents out there, uh, impending free agents out there. Uh, so that's what stuck out to me over a minute and a uh, minute. An hour, <laughs> more than a minute. An hour and 21 minutes, I think, is what the what the video came out to. Yeah, I have, I'm telling you, I'm one of those people, man. I could listen to Jerry Jones speak for hours, man. I love, he's a great storyteller. And, I mean, his historian, basically, talking about pre-Cowboys being an entrepreneur and then purchasing uh, the Cowboys and the thousands of deals that he's had to make, you know, contracts that he's gone over and just talking about the history of making those deals and just understanding that you can't be in a rush to get things done. He told a story about a guy and he, you know, a guy that came to his church and was talking about someone being in an accident and severing an artery. And you know, it's the difference between a guy that severs an artery and runs into the forest and bleeds out and dies of shock, or a guy that sits there and, and holds the wound and waits on help. And so, I mean, it's a it's a story, it's an analogy uh, for for all time of just basically saying, look. Look, you got to be patient, and you just got, can't rush to things. But I just absolutely loved it, just going over the stories, even the story about Emmett Smith's deal, when you know he was thinking that he was going to get Emmett's deal done, and Emmett said, "Well, nope, just come pick up my ring, and and I'm going to, you know, you know, be waiting, you know, sitting this thing out." And Jerry says, "Man, I, I, I've." almost spent eight hours at a watering hole in New York thinking that, you know, Lasseter was going to be my running back. And actually, 10 minutes later, <laughs> Emmett called and said, let's get this thing done. But we didn't have cell phones back then. So I, I absolutely love the interview. Well, and kind of the, the interview, really the big point of the interview, what he started off with was that CBA negotiation. Both you, uh, Rob, and Mick have just hit on it already. But kind of go through what that means. Because right now, the way it stands, right, you can use both a franchise and a transition tag. In the last year of the CBA, okay. which is the, what we're in right now in 2020 with the CBA that's in uh, in existence at this point. But in all the other years, you get to use one. One. And so if the new CBA has the same rule in there, then you get to use one. Uh, and the difference is the transi- the franchise tag depending on what level you use, you, you know, team, if you just use the regular franchise tag, um, then the player can negotiate a contract or an offer sheet from another team. 
and then you have the right of first refusal. Mm -hmm. And if you refuse, then they owe you two first-round picks in this year. Uh, the transition tag, or I should say the exclusive tag, means they can't uh, sign an offer sheet and they can only play for you. Uh, that costs $6 million more uh, mm -hmm. during the season. And then the transition tag basically is the same thing as the regular franchise tag, ex with the exception is all you get is right of first refusal. You wow. get no compensation uh, if you don't if you don't match the offer sheet, so which is iffy because you you have to match some monster deal that you know, an offer sheet that a player might sign. Yeah, yeah. So, but it gives you some level of protection. Yeah, now, at least the, you have an opportunity yeah. to say, okay, you go see what market value is, and then we'll see if we think we can afford market value. But that talks to how delicate the situation is because if you sign guys and you believe that you have two tags. And the deal, the CBA deal is actually yep. made. It's like, oops, you got to tear up one. And the whole negotiation process starts all over again. And he spoke to how delicate this is because the Cowboys are not – this is an inopportune time for the Cowboys to have have this situation with Dak mm -hmm. and Cooper both being on the table and Byron Jones. Yeah, it's not, it's not ideal for Jerry Jones at all, at all, because – and, and, you know, it sounds like the reports are the NFL is trying to hustle to get this thing – in, in the NFLPA in a position to vote on for the players. Mm -hmm. Can that happen in the next nine days? We'll, we'll see. It might take another week or two, and that can impact. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they would always have the option to move things back again if they want to, right? Yeah. I mean, they could, they mm -hmm. could do that to make things easier on teams. Or maybe we'll, um, have, a, we'll have a Super Thursday. We could, <laughs> super, we could go, have Nick. a Super Thursday. But it does impact, you know, they, they've talked all along. Dak's number one priority, Amari's number two. And that was the other interesting thing that stood out to me with Jerry was Byron Jones. I mean, he basically was very matter-of-fact, and it's going to be tough to get him re-signed. Yeah. I think they could do it. I think they could fit all those contracts underneath. But it reminds you, it's just a reminder of when you finally have to pay a quarterback a ton of money, you have to make concessions. Yeah. You have to make tough decisions. And it's going to come down to Byron Jones, and he just may not be back. Well, well somebody... it should come down to f four guys in my books. Yes. Because Robert Quinn's important. Like, if Robert Quinn's not here, who's taking his spot? Probably a draftee. Randy Gregory, if he comes back. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. That's in the news cycle, too. That's, he wants yeah. to get reinstated. And he should be able to. If a guy like Josh Josh Gordon can get back in the league, then definitely Randy Gregory should be able yeah. to. But, Mick, you alluded to that a, a, a mm. couple weeks ago about Byron Jones basically allowing him to go out and test the market. And that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to see if there are any suitors out there. And I, I, I think from, from a fan standpoint, it's always been very interesting the undervalue the undervaluing of Byron Jones at this point because if his absence is going to leave a hole in the defense if we don't if we don't resign him then obviously we're looking at the guys that we have on defense which aren't a lot of guys and then we're looking to the draft to potentially get a guy and hope that that works out when you already have that on your team see and you got to go through free agency before the draft. True. So you don't know. You can't sit there and go, well, no, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to draft a guy. Because yeah. you don't know that's going to happen, right? You don't know what you're going to get. No, you don't. And, and then you start reaching. So, well, to, well what, to they, me, what they do, though, Mick, what, if they lose Byron Jones, what they normally do is they try to give themselves some coverage. They try to sign somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. I understand. Get a veteran to get, you know, as maybe a stopgap if they have to, and then see what they do in the draft. But I, I'm with you, Heckman. Like, I think if Byron Jones leaves, that's your number one need on your roster at that point. Because Immediately. Immediately. You also I mean, just need bodies at need, the same time. Well, what, if, what if Robert Quinn's not there? Well, then that's. Take your pick. It's one A, one B. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. my point. But but don't you think what makes a corner better? A good corner or a good defensive? A end? good defensive that end led you in sacks, by the way. But from and you have nobody behind him. No, nobody. Right? Tyrone Crawford might get back, but Hopefully. he's not a three-down defensive end. He's not going to be a pass rusher, right? Mm -hmm. And then who else are you going to rely on? You got Armstrong. Yeah. I mean, it, and the same thing at corner. Who, who's who's the next guy after the the two that are here? There's mention, no other corners. Not to mention past next year, 
Cheetos up, I believe. Yep, Lewis is up. Lewis Jordan is Lewis up. is there I mean, too. You, you, can, you can look ahead that farther down if you want to as well. But don't you feel a little bit better from a financial standpoint? You might have a better chance to get Quinn re-signed than, than Jones if he hits the market. Well, I don't know. He made seven point nine million last year on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. He's thirty years old. Okay, thirty years old. This is going to be his last contract. He ain't sitting there and going, oh yeah, whatever. Nope. This, I, I, I my last have, big chance. I got to hit yeah. a home run. Calculated. Eleven and a half sacks, by the way, and I believe I figured out that he and Demarcus Lawrence over the last since 2016 on have the same amount of sacks. Mm. Yeah. So that's going to be a. He's got 40 sacks in four years. He's got a selling point to go off of, including the fact that. 2019 was his best season since 2013. Right now, calculated market values, and this is based off of SpotTrack.com. Robert Quinn's at 11.8 million. Byron Jones at 14.2. So it's not a ton of difference there. Now, if you don't bring back Byron Jones, there's a bigger chance that you could get a Robert Quinn back, and maybe even bring back a guy like Randall Cobb, who will be just under seven million potentially coming back to Dallas if that's what Mike McCarthy and company wants. But that brings up the conversation of these tags again. Franchise tag, transition tag. If the Cowboys used both of these, isn't there a chance and isn't there a clause that if the CBA does not get done within the next nine days and it does get done right around that free agency period, can they revoke a tag? I read that. Immediately. That they could rescind rescind one. You know, Heckman's right. That's why... In so what's today the third? Yes, correct. Yeah, nine okay. days. So you got fifteen days before free agency starts, mm-hmm. right? Got to get some guys signed. Yeah, get get the big ones signed, and then you could tag a Quinn or you could tag a Byron Jones if you want to keep them on a one year deal. But if if you got four guys like that and you don't get any of them signed before the tag expires on the twelfth. Well, you got you're in trouble, and that's why the priority has to be getting Dak to a long term deal because all of the rest of the dominoes start to fall. Right, and the you brain, know what you have left, exactly, right? and so the brain trust has to. When you speak to the value of Quinn. Obviously, everybody knows what he's done in the year that he's been with the Cowboys, and you don't want to just let that production walk if you're, if you're evaluating players. And so right. Mike McCarthy, that's one of the things I'm sure that once he got the job, that's what he started doing. Yeah. He, I mean, because he didn't go to these guys directly, and how do you feel about being a Cowboy? You know, he sits down and he looks at the, at the tape, and everybody knows that the eye in the sky don't lie. And, <laughs> and Mike, you know, and, and Quinn has put that tape together to say, look, I am valued. And when you go back, and I think the one thing about Byron Jones has been, even with all his productivity, he didn't have the interceptions to go with it. And so if he's going to test the market and also test the market in a way where he's one of the top five paid cornerbacks, I don't believe that just from just the way that you know, the brain trust has been talking about him, I don't think that anyone values him as one of the top five guys. Well, he, he's a fascinating free agent. Somebody else because, is going to. Yeah, absolutely. So well, yeah. that must mean he's pretty good. Yeah, and if you watch the tape, I mean, he is by far the most consistent DB they've had. 100%. By, f- by far. He doesn't, some of some of his lack of, of takeaways are that he doesn't get thrown at a lot. Um, but if they don't have him, they don't have a consistent guy back there. I know Mike Nolan, the new defensive coordinator, emphasizes takeaways. And so that's interesting to me because Byron doesn't hasn't had them. Uh, but as a steady guy back there, you're, you're you're not looking at the same type of depth chart without now, him. Now you you say they, they don't throw with him. Now we've had guys in, that play for the Cowboys like Deion Sanders that no one would dare throw at Dion. <laughs> now is they're not throwing at Byron Jones because they're scared he's going to take it to the house, or is the deficiency on the other side that blaring that we'll take a chance by exposing this bigger weakness? They went after Cheeto a lot last year. Yes, yes they, they did. went after him a lot last year. Um, but, I, but I will say, Mick, to your point and to Heckman's point, yes, you got to try to Try to get something done with Dak. I'm not sure how much movement they can get. Stephen Jones always says all it takes is a little bit of wiggle room and agreement, and then they can start hammering something out, and it gets done faster than you think. Dak or Amari, try to get one done here in the next week or so, if that's possible. crucial for that to be the case. And Byron Jones, you mentioned him being an interesting free agent. It's also interesting to look at Cowboys' first-round picks over the past decade. Since 2008, there have been 11 
first-round picks. Only six of them have gone on at any point in their career to go play for other teams. Mike Jenkins, Felix Jones, Des Bryant, Morris Claiborne, Taco Charlton, and Byron Jones would be the six. We'll talk about Byron Jones and some of these other free agents that potentially could come back to Dallas. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to go through what Mike McCarthy said up in Indianapolis. We'll be back here in just a moment. You're listening to Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here from the star in Frisco, Heckma, Rob, Mickey, and myself, Kyle Yeomans. As we roll on into segment number two, we talked a little bit about what Jerry had to say at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis this past week. How about the head coach? Mr. Mike McCarthy. He had a press conference as well since the last filming of this podcast and wanted to get your thoughts on this one. Some of the the things that stuck out to you uh, throughout the course of Mike McCarthy's press conference. Well, I will say this. He said something that gave me a hallelujah moment, guys. And he said, if if the guy is is good at football, he can play for me. I like that. I like finally we got a guy that says if he could play he could play for me I like the way that sounds and he's not looking for scheme guys he's looking for football players and that's that's that was the biggest thing that I took away from what he was saying and also just being being a part of the whole drafting process and talking about giving complimenting Will McClay right. on his job and and obviously everyone's talking about analytics and the job that that the you know the role that analytics plays in drafting you know he and Ted Thompson were not a match made in heaven <laughs> and so I think he's really happy about being in a situation like this where he doesn't have to take the heat for a good you know for a, a bad draft pick but actually get the praise when he makes a good one see I thought the thing that resonated to me uh, when they were asking him about positions and who you want back and he said my first goal is to try to get as many of the guys back as mm-hmm. you can meaning I'm not into looking at all these free agents because I think people thought well Jason Garrett uh, stymied efforts to go get other free agents He wanted his own guys back. Well, that's what Mike McCarthy wants because you know who you have. You don't know who you might get. Mm -hmm. And so his goal was to try to resign. So that, you know, we were talking about the cornerback. Anthony Brown's going to be cheap, right? Cheaper than Byron Jones. He missed half the year, right? (laughs) I don't know what that's saying. So I don't know what his, I don't know what his market value is, right? Is and, and and he was a third corner that can be a starter. And he proved he himself to. last year. So I think yeah. I think you know I, they missed him, uh, missed him a lot, uh, and so maybe you can get him on a one year prove it deal, and then at least you have something at that cornerback spot 
if you can't get Byron Jones and you leave Jordan Lewis where he belongs in the slot and not starting on the outside uh, so that you would have a placeholder there. Then you go into the draft and go, oh, one of these corners lands in my lap? Okay, I can take it now and I can have competition. That was the other thing that McCarthy said when if you're worried about uh, drafting the best player and you've already got good players at that position and he said you can't have enough good football players I want a competitive roster as you can possibly have so say I don't know a wide receiver lands in your lap at 17 mm-hmm. and you say well, I don't need one well okay let's have one and let's have some competition out there yeah and I know the value there you guys know better than I do, but the value of wide receiver looks really good in this draft. It's high in the draft. However, man, this defense needs a lot of help. <laughs> oh, right now. I know. A I lot know. of help. But and, what and if that wide receiver is a 10 times better player than the cornerback? Then I left? agree with you, but it's, that seems almost like a luxury pick if you bring back right. Randall Cobb. Well, and this is, this is a debate we're actually going to have in the third segment as well when we go back through and look through some of those guys specifically that were performing at the combine. But kind of going with wide receiver here, along with saying. Mike McCarthy said he wants to have the best players in the building. He wants to have that. But he also said he wants a lot of these veteran guys, too. And there's some veteran guys at the moment that are up in the air in terms of the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Witten, Randall Cobb, and Sean Lee, most notably. Make me a case for any of those guys to be back on the roster. Sean Lee's a little bit of an easier case, but what about a Randall Cobb and a Jason Witten, both guys who are up in the air at the moment? Okay, so if Cobb's not there, who's your third receiver? Probably a drafted receiver. And what do drafted receivers do? Take a year to develop? Mm-hmm. And we watched Gallup get better as the season learn, went on his rookie To year. learn the slot, it, it, it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think... So they don't have anybody that's going to step into the slot right now. So now you're looking at in the first three rounds, drafting a wide receiver. Well, there were a couple guys this year that made some impact at wide Ooh. receiver. Debo Samuel for San Francisco, no, no, a team no, that went no, to the no. Super Bowl. I mean, on the Cowboys roster. Well, I'm saying rookies, wide receivers in general. All right, well, go, who else? Well, Debo Samuel is the first one. DK Metcalf from Seattle made some impact as a rookie. I mean, there are guys out there that have done that. Not not the high percentage of them, though. No, you're right. But when you say make a case for a guy, Randall Cobb, obviously the numbers were not off the charts, but mm-hmm. at the same time, the, the intangibles, the leadership quality that he brought to the team, he fit right in on this team. And guys had nothing but high praise for Randall yep. Cobb and his leadership ability. And then when you talk about a coach like his former coach coming in in the offensive system, we don't know. Look, how this is going to look as far as from a play-calling standpoint. And so even from that, Randall Cobb is going to be a guy that's going to at least familiarize guys with what Mike McCarthy's system is going to be. And will be on McCarthy's side. I think it's every new coach needs somebody in the locker room that will be on the coach's side. If you look at things that have happened previously – um, you know, look at what Bill did when he first got here. He brought his guys. Brought in a bunch of guys that were veteran guys in free agency because he wanted some of his guys in that locker room, right? Saying, hey, this guy knows what he's doing, right? You, you need to follow him. He took and the words out of my mouth. And, and Joe Thomas could be another one, too. Yeah. The guy that's played for him, started games for him, that linebacker position, so many question marks. When he's healthy, he's pretty good. And so that's a guy they could bring back, too. I think Cobb's an easy sell for what Mickey just said, what mm-hmm. Heckman just said. I think he's an easy sell to come back if he wants to come back. If he, you know, We'll see if he wants to test the market. Um but that's the only coach he's ever had. And right. that's, why, that's why you can't sit there and say, okay, Dak Prescott, here's $40 million a year. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because you need these guys. Absolutely. You need Joe Thomas's on your team. You need Randall Cobb's on your team. you got to have a team. You can't have four stars and then uh, 49 just other dudes, right? you you, you got to have a team, and those guys are important. We didn't bring up Malik Collins. Malik Collins needs to come back because you don't have mm-hmm. anybody else at that. Now, you may get it in the draft, but I don't know that. So, you know, by time the draft ends or starts, free agency is basically over. Everybody's kind of picked over everything that they want, and you're going to have leftovers there. So, you know, who's your three-technique defensive tackle if you're in a 4-3, if Malik Collins is not there? I think Jeff, he's another guy. You could re-sign, try to re-sign him, mm-hmm. and then if you want to bring in some competition at safety in the draft, whatever you want to do, that's an option too. But here's the other part that I wanted to say. When you look at the – and Coach, not Coach, Jerry Jones spoke about this in his, in his presser, that – 
he was really impressed how Mike McCarthy put the staff together. And when you look around the NFL and you talk about uh, Parcells bringing in his guys, you got to know that even for Coach Mike Nolan being in, in uh, New Orleans, the free agents that they have, and Tom Sula being in for the Redskins, the free agents that they have, guys that they can bring in and implement and be on their side. So there are a number of names that, you know, like Miles Humphrey, Caleb Brantley, uh, even for Mike Nolan, Manti Teo, he's a household name. People know who he is. He's been pretty serviceable as a linebacker Mm -hmm. in New Orleans. But also, I think a lot needs to be made about having Al Harris on the sca- on this mm-hmm. staff yeah. because he's a proven guy that guys he has the reputation but also the fact that he is probably just catapulted himself as a really good coach DB coach and I believe and I well I'm hoping that these guys will be receptive to him being someone that has proven himself and being at Kansas City and I just want to bring this up maybe this is a name that no one has thought about he's been tied to the Cowboys but Eric Berry Guy that's been out of the league, you may know more about this than me, but at the same time, Eric Berry is a guy that's been out of the league, has been all world, you know, fault cancer, uh, had some injuries to his Achilles, but still, he's still out there on the market and still young enough that he has should have some juice in the, in the tank. He's got a great story fighting back from cancer. I know they brought him in for a visit and a physical, and I, I the health thing, the medical, because he's beyond what he dealt with off the field with, with the cancer issue, he's had so many injuries to mm-hmm. him, Mick, that I, you that know, was a curse visit like a look-see they just did a favor i think well mm. if the cowboys are bringing them in boy you better watch out they're going to sign them or did a favor to his agent he's he's not young isn't he like 30 i think he's in his thir- low 30s and he's had injury history but yeah. Eric, I mean, Eric Weddle just just retired at 35, and he mm-hmm. was still playing at a top level. Yeah, but he so, hadn't been fighting injuries the way this guy's been fighting. But still, I mean, even being in the situation where we have holes to we have holes to fill, right? Yes. And so, well, we how much does he want to play for? Well, that's still a question mark. That, yeah, probably that, wouldn't be a, a whole lot, though. Yeah. Right? Oh, I don't know. When you're that really? when, when when you're close to retiring, money keeps you playing, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say glass half full. That he wants to get back in the NFL, and he has something in his tank that that we could use. Can he still play? We're going to find out here pretty soon. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't. That's, that's such a risk, though. That's the thing. I, I, I only got so many salary cap dollars, and yeah. I can't yeah. be taking chances on. I, that. I think if they had interest, they would have done it last year when they brought him in, mm-hmm. and they they didn't do it. But there's no question, safety. They need to do something to cover themselves because. It's an option in the draft. It is. But you don't want to, you know, they try to fill as many holes as they can so they're not reaching when they get there. That's right. what they always try to do. Um, but, Mick, back to something you said earlier about Jason. I don't think people feel like Garrett hamstrung them in free agency. This is a Stephen Jones and a front office decision that they try to bring back their guys because they don't, they feel like what's out there is out there for a reason and they have a better knowledge of their own guys and trust in their own guys. But you know what the fan reaction is to free agency. The Cowboys aren't doing anything. Even though they re-signed their own guys, it's like they didn't do anything. Like, what did you go, do to get better They this didn't year. go get somebody else. They they got their own guys They wait till the second wave. They, right. Yeah. But that and, and I think people are thinking, okay, we got a new head coach. That's going to change. Well, no. What he said Not, was, not with 25-year-old free agents. I, want I don't my think own, it's going to change. I want as yeah. many as my own guys back. Yeah. They need to – they've got to fill – to Kyle's point, they got to fill out a roster. you got to build I mean, a team. Yes. you got to have bodies in the building, yeah. which yeah. is well, the, the biggest defense, thing. The defense is – there's so much turnover there. And, and when you talk about free agency and the guys that we haven't signed like a honey badger okay Mm -hmm. and so i'm not you know promoting one guy over another i just know that we have to fill in holes because let's say jeff heath has value for another team yeah you know because he is a serviceable serviceable uh veteran that has proven himself and the cowboys can't bring him back uh, same with Anthony Brown. What if there's a market for him and we just can't say, oh, he's going to come back to us? At some point with the free agents that we have on defense, this thing may completely look like a, whole, a different whole cast of characters. Well, yeah. if you can't afford Anthony Brown back, then you got problems. Yeah, that's a little bit of an issue. Right? It's a poor, <laughs> because, if poor Anthony if Brown, man. No, I'm <laughs> saying if some team's paying Anthony Brown so much money that you can't afford it, then what am I getting that's next behind Anthony Brown? You know, I mean, I think he's a good player. He's not great, but he's good. 
Just so saying that there may be a market for him. Well, then what I'm saying, though, then... Just if, like there was a market for Anthony Hitchens going somewhere there else. Was, right, and exactly. Damian Wilson. But then and, who do you get behind Anthony Hitchens? Whatever you're going to sign somebody else's ain't going to be as good as Anthony Hitchens. Mm-hmm. May not be as good as Anthony Brown if somebody valued him at that amount of money. So instead of Anthony Hitchens, you had Joe Thomas. Exactly. Yeah, I think Joe's a, a nice a player, right? But it's not as good. So what I'm saying is, yeah, sometimes you have to go out there and just, you know. Do well, you, instead do you, of Anthony Hitchens, you, you had Jalen Smith and can, Lane Van Der Esch. Can, you, mean, can were, you re-sign Darian Thompson? You know, he was a serviceable backup at safety. Can play special teams. And, well, and that's definitely what we're going to need, is yeah. special teams bodies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, a couple guys in that that realm. And you you like kind of brought this. Yeah, yeah, kicker. You can go down. Uh, you, you, you talking about punter or kicker? There, Mick. or both? Both. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, we talking? We throwing a, Kai Forbath on the streets? The yeah, long snapper's a no, free no, agent. No, no, he's agent. not under contract. I didn't think so. He's a free agent. So you're going to have to spend money to sign to him to get him back. back. And who knows how they evaluate him? You know, mm-hmm. they may think because now you got a new special teams coach. What does he value in a kicker? Chris Jones is he healthy? You know, he's got to come back from a back injury, from a, a sports hernia. Uh, neither one of them, he, he didn't have surgery. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, well, is, is he all right? Is that what, you know, Fossil wants, or does he want a different type of punter? Does he like the deep snapper, or do you have to go out and get a different deep snapper? You know, that whole operation could look different. When you think about the kicker last year for the Rams, Greg Zerline, he's a free agent as well. One of the better kickers in the league. Yeah, but he yep. didn't have a good year. He didn't have a good year. Mick doesn't like anybody. <laughs> Mick is of the opinion if you're out there, there's a reason why that you're out there. And there is. <laughs> and to a certain degree, that's true. But Dak Prescott's have... not going to be out there, right? No. You're going to make it sure and get him a, back? Uh, yeah. And so, you know, for, for, for Zerline, he, I was told he just didn't have a very good year. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, Fossil had him, right? Yeah, exactly. But how many kickers around the league did have good years? That's, well, there's a reason why they couldn't find a guy, and that's why they hung on to Maher as long as they did. Well, because you know what? They, now, they didn't do it quick enough. They no. should have they they made the change a, They found a guy that made every kick between 40 and 49 yards. To me, that's what we needed. Oh, I'd bring him bring back for competition. Back. Yeah. Okay, great that I had a 63 yarder, but the guy couldn't make, make a 33. One, yeah. He only made one that's of a, nine kicks between 40 and 49. When you also got to think about the timing of when they tried to go out and get a kicker, there was nobody on the market except for Kai Forbath. And they brought in Kai Forbath. It was that or Nick Rose, the former Highland Park product, and there was really nobody to go with there. Well, I'll that's tell you what. one of the reasons why they hung on to Brett Maher. It's a completely different list of kickers available the now. G- the guy with the running gates ain't bad. You like you him? You know his he, name? He makes his kicks. Uh, I think it's M- M- McGinnis. You've been doing some scouting over there? I went, <laughs> to, the, I went to the game yeah. Sunday. Yeah? Yeah, Douglas and I went to the game. Where'd you sit? 50-yard line, 18 rows up. Ah. Balling. Were you on the far side where it's like basically left field when the Rangers played there, or are you on the other side where it's behind uh, on the first the stand side? But the far side, they've got portable bleachers, so you're mm-hmm. right there on the sideline. Hmm. It was good. Interesting. Except for the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> had, had a couple issues there. Couple? Four. Uh, yeah, multiple Three issues. Three interceptions in the first quarter, and then... A fumble that was recovered for a touchdown. So we're not looking at Landry Jones as the backup quarterback this year. Mm, nah. <laughs> you know what? Cooper Rush walk. I, I wanted to be. It's the, not happening. I wanted to be the ultimate fan in the fourth quarter when he was still struggling and he wouldn't throw the ball down the field. I told Douglas, we should start chanting, "We want Phillips." We want <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Wow. I mean, that's uh, what a fan would do, right? <laughs> bring in the backup. Yeah. Oh man. Talking renegades here on <laughs> Talking a Tuesday Cowboys. afternoon. Hey, you know what? They had 18,332. So without Douglas, it would have been 330. There it is. So we made it 32. Oh, there you go. good for you. We Going and st- contributing. We even stood up when the ball got down to the two-yard line with a minute to go, and they, they were ready. down seven. Then they picked it off. It was a... And here I could be. I could be the. Come on, critic, go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's coordinator. It's Why coming. didn't you hand the ball off? You were two <laughs> yards away, and you had two timeouts. Oh, 
that, that's a that's a big sign that I need to move on to this and next play. They tried play. to throw a, a smoke screen, and it goes off the guy's hands, and the linebacker makes a diving interception mm-hmm. two inches off the ground. Oh, it was a magnificent play, but it was heartbreaking for Renegades fans out there. But that's it for talking XFL in terms of talking Cowboys today. But there are some other guys that are not in the NFL yet that made some noise this past week because there was an NFL combine and there were some drills that were run. We'll talk about the NFL combine, dive into who the Cowboys could look at at 17 and maybe fill some of these holes when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. Where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. Am I supposed to do a read here? You're always supposed to do a read here, well, Mickey. guess what? How long have you been doing this for? <laughs> Black Reserve is here to stay. What? These former limited editions are now permanent additions to the Jack Black lineup. Thank goodness. Okay. And what they're talking about is Black Reserve Body and Hair Cleanser. Hmm. It's permanently yours. Dual-purpose sulfate-free body and hair cleanser featuring the masculine scents of cardamom and red cedar. Black Reserve. Black Reserve. I hate that sulfur stuff. I like it, too. (laughs) Black Reserve Body Spray. It's distinctive masculine body spray featuring the deep worn scents of cardamom and red cedarwood. Perfect as a body spray after a shower Mm. or to use as your signature fragrance night and day. Go to jackblack.com. Oh, I miss those (laughs) Cedarwood. Cedarwood, baby. Deep and warm. (laughs) And understand, Black Reserve means it comes in a black bottle. Okay. You had my attention at Black Reserve. I I just want to know what this is going to be about. Come on. (laughs) Oh, that might have been an all-timer. That was good. Well done, Mickey. It wasn't like a bench person, okay? Oh, gosh. Well, Moving on from that. <laughs> we go. I, don't, I don't even know how to follow it up. I don't either. You're in charge. Goodness gracious. Okay, let's go back to the NFL Combine and this time talk about non-Cowboys who were in the spotlight. Of course, drills running Thursday through Sunday. Things started off with the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends on that Thursday and worked their way through the position groups as the weekend went along. But that Thursday was an opportunity to look at a couple of guys who had had the spotlight on them throughout the course of the draft process. Of course, uh, you can listen to the draft show on Thursdays here, but I don't want to get too far into specifics of these players, but positional-wise, the Cowboys have those needs on defense that we talked about in the last segment. They have plenty of ways they could go, whether it's secondary, defensive line, but, man, this wide receiver class is highly intriguing 
Can the Cowboys justify taking a first-round pick and using it on a wideout? If he's better than anything else left there. You think best player available, no matter what, you think that's going to happen for the first time? And how long here? Oh, the best player available discussion. BPA. BPA. To me, BPA has always got an asterisk next to it. It has to. You can't just operate solely on that. That being said, if the value's there, the value's there. Um, I saw Daniel Jeremiah's post-combine mock, and I think he mocked Judy. He did. From Alabama to the Cowboys 17, and his his reasoning was assuming Amari Cooper's gone. Now, -hmm. I don't think you can assume that at all. They're going to try to get a deal done with him. Um, But if that were to happen, then yeah, I I would, I'm, all of a sudden now my eyes shift to wide receiver, and I'm Mm -hmm. more on board with it. Okay. So It, It would have to be a generationally changing wide receiver. He'd have to be Megatron. You know he's gonna he's gonna transcend the game. That's the only way I see the Cowboys doing that. I know best player available is the, is the mantra, but still, I mean, you have we've talked about the needs that you have on defense, and there are enough guys standing there looking you in the face. And look, I lo- I watched the draft with no preconceived notions. You're just looking for the best guys and saying, you know, what guys are gonna be off the charts. Guys that got me my attention: Denzel Mims from Baylor. I mm-hmm. thought his his numbers were amazing. What he four three forty bench press vertical broad jump, all of those were great. But you know, you Isaiah Simmons, that was another guy, the kid from Clemson. Oh uh, my god, out of this uh, world athlete. Yep, six what six four two thirty eight. Amazing. Four three nine forty. Mm-hmm. He'll be yep. gone by number five. Yeah, yeah. if not earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing with him is the way that he performed in the combine. They just locked up the fact that he's not going to be anywhere close to seventeen. And Denzel Mims is a guy you could get later. So if we go yeah. back to last year, and, and Rob knows this, and they, they got tired of me hearing it, mm-hmm. but the guy lasted to the second round, Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we don't need Debo Samuel. Well, yeah, you do. do. Need Debo <laughs> Samuel in the second round, and, and, and he proved it. So. I thought about you watching him in the playoffs. Every time I saw him make a play, there's a mixed guy. Mixed, mixed, mixed guy. guy. My man Debo. Yep. <laughs> I watched him whip Missouri three years in a row. Mm. I didn't need to see anything else. I Just didn't care about the, the combine. I don't care about the pro day. This guy could play football, and he would do something for you, even if it was just returning kicks. And it was C.D. Lamb that was mocked to the, the Cowboys, Cowboys yes. in DJ's latest mock and his, draft. And his stock has gone up. Very oh, C.D. Lamb. I mean, not that he came receivers. in yeah. you know, undervalued or, or people didn't think that he would be a baller. But still, I mean, C.D. Lamb to me is – you know, all of these guys that we're talking about, top 15, they all have the tape to match it, right? Yeah, right. Uh, these are not just an anomaly. They showed up, they got the, the, the numbers, and now all of a sudden, you know, these guys are Tony Mandridge of the draft. It's not like that. Uh, but even when I look at CeeDee Lamb, I don't believe that he went, you know, the guys that he faced in the Big 12 were not potential Thorpe Award winners. And so, I mean, not to take the, anything away from him, but when I look at guys like Judy, and even rugs, mm-hmm. rugs too. Just the yeah. the competition level there is something that I'm I'm more adamant about by looking at it and saying, look, this guy he competed at the highest level. Mickey, do you have a guy in this year's draft yet? CD Lamb. You think it is CD Lamb? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Heckman just threw stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy can play. Oh, he can I think play. So too. I don't he care. Can play. I don't care who covers him. They can't catch him. And he can catch everything in different positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can play inside. He can play outside. He can be physical. He can be Debo Samuel. Kyler Murray certainly wants him. Of course he does. Yeah. Right? He needs him. Yeah, well, he needs yeah. one of those three yeah, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, but even if you get so, – so, Mick, here's the no, thing. No, my point was going to be, okay, I'm at 17, and the next two best players are CeeDee Lamb or some safety. Yes. You're taking C.D. Lamb. How much is he playing as a rookie? How much is the safety going to affect the game? He might start. He's, yeah. It's a different defense now. He might start. Might be a different. And he's <laughs> going to change the defense. But you got Amari. You have you, you, you Gallup. I, I think I have Amari. Let's just say you have Amari. Okay. And I got Gallup. And did I get Cobb? You get Cobb, too. Well, mm. you didn't. Well, well that, you said, that's, you, you, that's you what got, I'm saying. If you got both those well, guys Well, the coach back, said he wants competition. No, yeah, he does. Does. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's uh, my point. If they're all back, you can't do it. 
I don't think you, you I don't think you can do it. You can't have that high of a yeah. value pick there. And, and maybe my opinion is is jaded by the number of unrestricted free agents I see on defense right now. That'll change. They'll get some of these guys back. I get that. They'll add some guys before the draft. But if I'm thinking about what hurt this team the most, the most inconsistent portion of the team last year, it was the defense. defensive side of the yes. ball. I understand. They need playmakers. I understand. So you you better try to find one as early as you can in Am the Am I going to find a defensive tackle or defensive end? Yes. At 17? You could. Yes. Absolutely. Ross Blacklock. Could. They're going to be uh, there. He's going to be there for next round. Well, either way, yeah. I mean, we're just talking Epinesa about a guy. Epinesa is there at 17. Ep- Ep- Epinesa is there, a guy that, that can play the five, a guy that can well, move down we, to the three. And we think that, right? But what if they're not? It's true. That's it's the possible, draft, though, sure, isn't it's the draft. Right? It's possible. I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's a big mystery box, and it's like, okay, do you want the mystery box or do you want what you had previously? The mystery box could turn into be something extremely special, Whereas if it's not, then you're kind of stuck in a hole there. Well, that's why I looked at something mystery special, C.D. Lamb. Oh, my God. <laughs> C.D. Lamb. So you put him in the slot there, Mick? Is that where, you're, where you would put him? I'll find a spot for a guy like that. You would? Yes. Okay. okay. I'll tell you what. I was watching the draft and watching these wide receivers run. Everyone is 4-3, 4-4. Four, four, four. Yeah. Hey, some burners, man. And, you know, Mike Lerner. Yeah, I mean, Henry that's Ruggs the third. You know, this guy's. I mean, they're blazing. And, and Michael Irvin just kind of. Kind of positive, you know, just brings up. He's like, you know what? There are a bunch of guys with gold jackets that ran a four three four four. Ooh, you know, I didn't hear that. Yeah, oh yeah, you said it. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, he brings up a good point. I mean, that's leaving out Bullet Bob Hayes and also Randy Moss, who run, ran sub uh, for, and they weren't even uh, clocking when Bullet Bob was, mm-hmm. was 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 in the league. But you just got to know that he ran a four two easily. Well, uh, all I know is he ran a. 10, whatever he wants, so, yeah. 100 meters. <laughs> so, so, either way, I mean, so the, all of those things, and as excited as, as we are getting about the wide receivers, there's a lot of it goes into can a guy fit a system and is, he's gonna, is he going to be a guy that's not a one trick pony mm-hmm. because of his speed, but also at the wide receiver. Anyone that we get in those third and fourth rounds, even these guys have to, they're going to have to play special teams as well. Yes. And with all the de- deficiencies that you have, if I don't see CD Lamb. Playing special teams now. If we lose some of those top, you know, top tier guys, then yeah, maybe that'll make sense. But as deep as this wide receiver class is, you can get more for less. And even with that, you could trade back if somebody wants that 100%. guy. You know, and, and the Cowboys have proven in, in their history says that they're willing to do that, especially if they don't want to, you know, reach on a guy. Mm-hmm. Well, and with wide receiver being a topic of conversation, it also leads us to look at tight end as well. If Jason Witten's not returning, is Blake Jarwin and I'm blanking on Dalton Schultz, Schultz, but those two guys, are those going to beat your tight ends moving forward, or do you want to look at some guys that were impressive and athletic? I mean, hey, Missouri's guy. Albert O. Albert O. Uquabanam is, I guess how you say his name, Uquabanam or whatever. Albert O. Albert O. went up and went 4-4-9 in the 40, which is really impressive. Some of the better tight ends, you talk about some of the the lack of success for wide receivers running good 40s. Travis Kelsey had a a 4-5, and I think George Kittle had right under a 4-6 in terms of his 40s as well. So there's some fast tight ends out there, and is it something that the Cowboys should look for moving forward? Well, they need another tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe they would have drafted one high if Witten hadn't come back last year. Yeah, I think so. And, and from what I was told, what's high? Pretty early in the draft. I mean, I think they would have. They probably would First have needed two days. To. Yeah, okay. potentially if if it were there, the value was there. But having Witten back last year allowed them to kick the can down the road a little bit, get a better look at Jarwin, and they do love Jarwin, and he's going to be part of their plans going forward. Yeah. I think. Um, that's a position maybe where you you can cover yourself in free agency too. Maybe you go if Witten's not back, you go try to find another veteran to help you out. Ebron, yeah, Ooh. a guy that's played. <laughs> we, we brought that up a couple weeks ago, and Mickey did not like Mick. that one. But you got to open up some more snaps for. Why didn't you tell me not to bring up Noah Brown? <laughs> I, I've been, we'll talk about that later. But uh, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, yeah. I mean, he's listed as a wide receiver, but he could fit in a tight end. And so. he's a guy that really reminds me of Jermichael Finley, mm. a guy that played for Green Bay. So, Mike, mm-hmm. what, what round? I mean, he's probably a third round, fourth right. round guy. I'm, I he mean, may so. be there okay third that? or fourth. You okay with that? Well, need somebody that can block also, by the way. Yeah, you do. He's physical. Jarwin can do what those guys do. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have somebody that can do Jarwin both? can block? He, he, I don't know that you look at him as a full-time blocker. Okay. What about Des? But he can I don't think he can. Oh, gosh. What about Des? Oh, Run gosh. those Witten routes. 
That's what he wants. Don't you daydream? Why option? The, don't you daydream in the in the shower? <laughs> a little bit about Dez. Dez. I love Dez. I love Dez. Yeah. He's Do you want Dez back end? though? I don't. I'd be surprised. I'd have to see them make that decision to bring him back. I don't. I don't. He's not a tight end. He's not a blocking no. tight end. That's not. That's never been his role. I don't see that role changing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, and I and Dez's numbers his last year here in Dallas was familiar with what Randall Cobb did last year, and so those numbers are are equal. So I don't I think you already have that on your roster, so you don't have to reach yeah. on something like that. And again, Dez if Dez is on the roster, he has to play special teams as well. That's not going to happen mm. <laughs> because yeah. we have so many holes to fill. Yeah, that's uh, one of the big questions that Jerry has asked this year throughout the draft process: is Hey, does he play special teams? That's what right. I think one of the the big priorities for the scouting and coaching staff is looking at a guy if they're going to pick him if he's an offensive player does he, rec- was he does he return kicks is he good at that has he done it before and has he been successful but talking about Des Bryant I mean you mentioned it and you alluded to it a minute ago the the comment that Jerry made in Indianapolis was I've been thinking about it a lot but he hasn't also talked to Des Bryant do you hold any kind of candle to that saying maybe that's a, a little bit of a just a, a toss, throwing potatoes at the wall, trying to get it to stick. The Des Bryant thing yeah, or Des Jerry, Bryant. Jerry's comment about it? Uh, but a little bit of both. Was was Jerry just blowing smoke to the media saying, we're looking and interested at maybe bringing back Des Bryant, I don't or is think this something said, that's legitimate? I don't think he said it that way, though. He said he? he'd been thinking about it. He said he'd been thinking about it in the shower. He did say that. <laughs> not With at his jackblack.com. Not at his desk. <laughs> right? Right. Correct. Big difference. Which was my point when I said earlier, don't we all daydream in the shower? Mm-hmm. Oh, if Des could come back and be the Des Bryant, oh, yeah, that would be great. I don't think he's thinking that and way. And I think that's disrespect <laughs> to Des and the job that he's done while you know being yeah. a Cowboy. I mean, look, no one loves Des more than me. His first four years, I mean, Des is probably as, as explosive as a receiver we've seen in the NFL, just making yeah. a splash. Tremendous career. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it just didn't end well. And then, and, and even talking to Mike McCarthy, or no, when, when Jerry was saying about how contentiously, it, how it ended, you know, and how Des was, you know, not happy with the leadership here going out, that, you know, and really giving him a clean slate and saying, hey, I forgive him for that. You know, I think it was just more of a play to the media about Des because there's so many other holes that need to be filled and there's so many wide receivers in this draft. It would be a different thing if there was if this was a talentless draft pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look at the positions of need when it comes to tight end, wide receiver, they're kind of on that back burner, at least from the outside looking in at this very moment. Defense is the priority. But what about backup quarterback, too? I mean, there were some quarterbacks that went out and threw the ball pretty well out in Indy. Is Cooper Rush this guy moving forward to be the backup quarterback of the Cowboys? You know, a guy, if I can get a guy in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, mm-hmm. I got no problems bringing him in. I think you bring Rush back. I think they will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they could bring in some competition. Well, for he's, sure. he's I mean, restricted. Yeah, they'll, they'll just give they'll him tender the him and tender him yes. at the original draft choice, which is nothing. Yep. Which means it's the lowest restricted uh, tender. And if somebody else signs him to an offer sheet, you don't get anything back. But yeah, I think they want him back. They've 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 spent time developing him. So, but you can bring in a third quarterback. The only other guy is uh, Clayton Thorson, Thorson. Mm-hmm. who's out there working out, by the way, today. Yeah, he was out there on the field. But you talk about them developing a guy. This is a completely different coaching staff. Is Mike McCarthy going to feel the same way? Well, if they offer him a restricted uh, a tender, mm-hmm. they must. Yeah. Right? It's a good way to take up a cheap roster, roster yeah, spot is I mean, kind of what you're saying. Take him to camp offseason and, and let him compete with whoever else they bring in. Because they will gonna, bring in I mean, even if you draft – I mean, how high do you want to draft a quarterback? It would have to be late. Okay. It would have, and, like you said, day three. And so yeah, is that guy going to be so good that you're going to say if Dak Prescott goes down in the first game, he's my guy? Mm-mm. Probably so not. That's why Cooper Rush yeah. would be here. And that spin- guy would be the third Are you guy. confident saying that about Cooper Rush, though? Well, unless there's a veteran out there that I want to go get. And I'd be mm. interested to see if maybe they McCarthy would prefer that because yeah. they've gone the younger route. They tried Castle, and they tried Whedon, and they tried those guys, and it and didn't none work. of that worked. None of that worked, and so they've been trying the developmental route. So maybe that changes. Maybe Mike's more comfortable with a veteran guy, too. There's going to be a lot of quarterback movement here in the next couple of weeks. Yes, ton sir. of it. And there might be somebody without a chair to sit when the music stops. Yeah. And that's the thing about Dak. Dak being so durable and not missing the game so far, he's given 
giving you know giving us that luxury to say you know we're not as concerned about the backup quarterback as say some other franchises, but at some point you get stuck with your hand in the cookie jar. And so with with developing this guy, you can't just give up on something that you've been spending a whole heck of a lot of time trying to develop. And yeah. so the only time we've ever gotten a chance to see him play was in the preseason. Right. And so we don't know a whole lot about him, but at this point we just we got to believe that he knows the playbook and he's at least serviceable at this point if he needs to come in for some 911 time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. One of those veterans could be sitting there and they go, "Okay, I'll take a one-year deal just to kind of keep my name in the game somebody's going to not have a job yeah but it's going to depend on price because when you're paying Dak whatever you're going to pay him it's going to be a lot you can't there's certain luxury depth positions you can't spend the same type of money that you normally spend well if he's still sitting there April 1st it ain't going to cost you nothing <laughs> That's fair. I mean, with the guys going to look up and go, "Oh, I don't have a job," and now the draft's happening. Uh oh, sign yeah. me, please. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody, pick me up. I mean, we've got nine days until the deadline for the tags. March eighteenth, the start of the new league year. April sixth, new coaches can have their offseason workouts, and then April twenty third is the start of the draft. So plenty going on over the next couple of weeks throughout the offseason. But that's going to do it today here for Talking Cowboys. Here from the SWBC Mortgage Studio for Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, for Mickey Spagnola. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!